You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, Rebel Roundup. Tonight, my guests are Sheila Gunn-Reed and Kean Bextie. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to premium content. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show as well as all the other great TV-style shows too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to premium.rebelnews.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support the Rebel without ever having to spend a dime. And now, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, your tax dollars hard at work yet again, folks. And this is truly unbelievable. It turns out that the Trudeau Liberals actually gave some $830,000 of your money to a laboratory in Wuhan suspected of kicking off the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, that lab, the lab that caused this global mess that we're now in. Sheila Gunn-Reed has all the unbelievable details. And have you noticed that a Western premier is acting far more prime ministerial than, well, <laughs> the prime minister himself? Kian Bextie will weigh in on how Jason Kenney is truly outshining Justin Trudeau when it comes to that commodity known as leadership. And finally, letters, we get your letters, we get them every minute of every day, and I'll share some of your responses regarding my story on an Ontario family of four who were fined $880 for the egregious crime of inline skating in a deserted parking lot. Oh, it's true. And you had plenty to say about this case, a bylaw gone bad. Those are your Rebels. Now, let's round them up. Okay, so this is a lab that collects deadly viruses that have already caused problems in the world, like SARS. And the Americans were so concerned about the shoddy conditions at this lab that deals with highly infectious and dangerous diseases in Wuhan, China, that they dispatched Two science diplomats, which is something I've never even heard of before. And then these science diplomats were sending warnings back to Washington about the potential for this lab to cause a plague. So naturally, Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is now engaging in a research project with this dangerous Chinese laboratory and relying on scientists on the ground in Wuhan, China to do all the research. But don't take my word for it. Let me show you. This is from the Canadian government website that lists a series of grants to study this new coronavirus. 
to contribute to global efforts to address the 2019 novel coronavirus outbreak. On February 10th, 2020, the Government of Canada launched a rapid research funding competition. Canada's researchers were quick to respond, submitting hundreds of applications in just a week. It looks like the Canadian government, in an effort to move fast instead of smart, seems to be giving Canadian tax money to, well, possibly the bad guys of the outbreak. Wow, I guess Dr. Frankenstein was unable to receive a check for his research, courtesy of the Canadian taxpayer. Actually, allow me to apologize to the estate of Mary Shelley here. Her fictional monster maker was nothing compared to those responsible for the COVID-19 virus, something that is killing thousands and sending entire economies into deep, deep recession. And yet, for some perverse reason, it looks like the Trudeau Liberals had a compulsion to be, oh, I don't know, accessories to this carnage. Where does it end, folks? With more on this egregious story is Sheila Gunn-Reed herself. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, my friend. Hey, David. Thanks for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure. So, Sheila, please, what is going on here? Is this yet another Justin Trudeau-approved handout to a nation that he says has all the hallmarks of a basic dictatorship that he actually admires. Yeah, I mean, the, the American intelligence agencies have suggested that this is the birthplace of the current coronavirus plague. Um, in 2018, um, they sent science diplomats to investigate what was going on at this Wuhan uh, facility. It's basically a, um, a military installation. It's the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And in 2018, what those diplomats saw was so troubling to them that they sent back emergency cables to Washington to say that this facility was not up to snuff. The researchers weren't trained to be handling the dangerous things they were handling already. And they used the word pandemic in those cables, as in this would be the birthplace of the next pandemic, or if things got out of control there, that they, the world might have a pandemic on their hands. And here we are, uh, some two years later, um, and we do have a pandemic, and it looks like it came from this virus lab. And yet, for some reason, Justin Trudeau sees fit to give them nearly a million dollars to help research something that already exists, rapid testing of the virus. And, you know, for, for me, I think, no, whatever comes of the research dollars here, we shouldn't be doing business with China at all. We shouldn't be trusting the research that they're doing. Maybe because the scientists are loyal to the communist state, but also because the, the scientists we know are generally muzzled by the communist state. And we have no assurances really that they're going to be using this money for research on the things that they say they are. We don't even know what they're doing in this lab, and they won't let the West in to verify. So with all those things being known, why are we giving money to the birthplace or the potential birthplace, let me clarify, of the coronavirus that's shutting down world economies, 
forcing us to be distanced from our loved ones and allowing our governments here to strip us of our civil liberties. First of all, I don't want to get away from the main focus of your piece, Sheila, but uh, science diplomats, that's the first time I've ever heard that description. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't think of anything more polar opposite than a scientist and a diplomat. One is fact-based and one is, uh, well, whatever diplomats do in terms of their um, song and dance. But <clears throat> here's the thing. What is happening in this lab? Um, we talked about this yesterday. I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. And I, I like, as a scientist likes, to look at the facts on the ground and make decisions. But with everything I'm reading about this, it looks more and more that this was the Chinese regime um, working on perhaps chemical or biological warfare agents because, hey, the last, what, three pandemics have come out of China? It's quite a coincidence, isn't it? So, I mean, Sheila, what is your gut reaction? And that's all it's got to be because of the lack of transparency and accountability from the mandarins in Beijing. It's obviously one of two things. Either the Chinese were working, well, one of three things. Either the Chinese were working on some sort of biological weapon at this facility and purposefully released it, because we know the Chinese government cares very little about the lives of its citizens, given that uh, they killed millions of them in the pursuit of the communist state, and they killed millions of children in pursuit of their one-child policy. Lives are expendable. So did they use their own citizens as the means of delivery for a biological weapon that would overtake the West? I don't know. We we may never know that. Were they working on a biological weapon that accidentally got out because of the shoddy um, security and uh, safety protocols that the Americans say they saw at this facility? That's quite possible. Or they were just doing research and it got out on them and then they started a cover up. So were they just doing research on something like SARS and found a new strain and it just got out on them? That's very possible too. And I don't think we're ever going to know because of the secrecy of the, the communist government. But I, like you, am more inclined to believe something evil um, instead of just a uh, oopsie daisy and then let's cover it up. I, I'm inclined to err on the side of evil when it comes to the communist state. But Sheila... Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Say this was sure. a something beneficial they were working on for the advancement of mankind, for the advancement of agricultural science, you name it. Why are we paying for this? China is a world power. They have aspirations of being the proverbial straw that stirs the drink. Um, how come we're forking over almost a million dollars of our money, taxpayer money, not Liberal Party of Canada money, especially since we have two Canadians that are now coming up to day 500 of being detained without charges. This is staggering to me. Yeah, it, and that also presupposes that the two Michaels are even still alive. Yep. You know, do we do we know if they were affected by the coronavirus? Would they tell us if they died of the coronavirus? Probably not right away. Um, but yeah, why are we giving money to quite possibly the richest nation in the world 
to research a virus that caused a pandemic that they let out for all intents and purposes, all very likely on the world. When the very research they're doing is already being done elsewhere and rapid testing already exists. What they're researching there, what this grant was given to create is rapid testing in places where there are low uh, medical resources. So the developing world. It's great. It's a noble cause, but actually that already exists. Rapid testing already exists. So why? Why is the Canadian government funding it? And what guarantees do we even have that it is going to fund this stuff that already exists anyway? We don't. But really, we shouldn't be giving a penny to China while they hold two Canadians as political prisoners. They are absolute political prisoners. And we're giving their military virus lab money to do research into a virus we're not even sure that they didn't purposefully create. You know, Sheila, just the way you framed your story in those last couple of sentences, I'm going to ask you a question now, and forgive me in advance if this is going to come across as incredibly naive, but you broke the story. This was a legitimate scoop for you. Why isn't this on the front page of every paper uh, since it originally got posted? That's because this is dynamite, I think. Well, for the same reason that these mega networks with millions in, in the CBC's case, billions of dollars to cover these stories and have people help do research, we found it on a completely public Government of Canada website detailing the grants, the some 25, I believe, million dollars in research grants that the Canadian government rushed to give out without obvious proper vetting um, to research the coronavirus. We were just browsing through these grants, seeing, you know, what kind of liberal cronies, quite frankly, got them. And then we saw that they were giving a grant to collaborate with the Wuhan uh, virus lab. Somebody else could have found this a month ago. This has been public information for a month. We found it. It was just hanging there for someone to find it. Um, but it's not going to be widely reported on, I don't think, in the mainstream media. However, I would love them to report on it. And that's one of the reasons I, I link to all my uh, sources in my stories, because I do want everybody to have this information. But they don't want to hurt Justin Trudeau when they rely on Justin Trudeau to keep the lights on and to pay their bills. Unlike us, we're completely crowdfunded by our viewers at home. So we're not beholden to the government. So we'll gladly tell these stories. And, you know, if, if um, God willing, someone in the mainstream media is brave enough to report on this story, I suspect Justin Trudeau will just do another round of handouts to the public um, to just buy complacency from the public who should be outraged that this is what Justin Trudeau is doing with our money, and this is who he's giving it to, this evil empire um, that caused all these problems to start with. You know, Sheila, it's nauseating. He, uh, Justin Trudeau should be bombarded with questions uh, regarding this issue, and yet what do we see at these 11 a.m.? cottage pressers, questions along the lines of, um, Mr. Prime Minister, uh, what are you doing to ensure you're not going to uh, 
burn yourself out. You know, it is like I said, nauseating. Sheila, that was an incredible uh, piece. Uh, I hope it has legs. Uh, it deserves to become the proverbial media snowball, but it likely won't. And um, Sheila, keep hammering away at this research. You keep finding gold in um, so so many of these documents that, for whatever reason, other people in this field just uh, either de deliberately or ignorantly uh, ignore. So thank you again, my friend. Thanks, David. And if people want to support our journalism during the pandemic, they can do that at helprebelnews.com. It's obvious we're doing uh, the work the mainstream media, I think, just refuses to do. 100%. Thank you so much, Sheila. Thanks, Folks, David. That was Sheila Gunn-Reed somewhere in the hinterland of northern Alberta. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Before this pandemic hit, the largest issue facing Albertans in the West was whether or not we would remain a part of this country, whether or not we would throw out our Canadian passports and create our own. Jason Kenney is a federalist and he said time and time again that he doesn't want to leave Canada. Many people thought that was because he wanted to be Prime Minister one day and, well, it's kind of proving to be true, but not in the way many people expected. Being Premier isn't stopping Jason Kenney from acting like a Prime Minister. The Albertan government is acting like a federal government in more ways than just one. When Justin Trudeau's federal government was dropping the ball on border security, putting Canadian lives at risk, Jason Kenney went to the airport himself to see what was going on and soon after dispatched provincial authorities to the airports to start enforcing quarantine measures. But it doesn't just stop there. If Jason Kenney is the Prime Minister of Alberta, his Deputy Prime Minister is Devin Dreeshen. Devin Dreeshen is the agriculture minister, one of the most important industries in Alberta, and someone who is in charge of securing the supply chain of food to all Albertans. It's a very important job. And when the federal government wasn't providing enough food inspectors, something that is under the purview of the CFIA, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, Devin Dreeshen stepped up to the plate and told the federal government that they're really not needed. He was going to deploy provincial inspectors to federal jobs to do the job that Justin Trudeau is not doing. His entire government is failing right now, and the Alberta government is stepping up to the plate. Now, this became the most apparent when Jason Kenney slammed the chief medical officer of Canada, Dr. Theresa Tam, someone who's in the pockets of the WHO and someone who negligently allowed people to continue coming into Canada saying that borders didn't need to be closed to hotspots and human-to-human -human transmission didn't exist back in January when it obviously did. Listen to Jason Kenney say this. Is Dr. Tam suggesting that uh, that uh, the European Union's regulator of medications or the a Food and Drug Administration approve th things without with uh, that are dangerous for public use? Um, I, I, you know, this is the same Dr. Tam who is telling us that we shouldn't close our borders uh, to countries with high levels of infection and who in January was repeating uh, talking points um, out of the PRC about the no evidence of human to human transmission. Wow, wasn't that so refreshing to hear, folks? A straight talking premier who is as fed up as the rest of us and demonstrates no hesitation when it comes to justifiably slamming Justin Trudeau's top health official, <laughs> it was certainly music to my ears. And now with more on Jason Kenney being far more of a leader in a time of crisis than Justin Trudeau could ever dream of being,
is our roving reporter, Kian Bexty. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, my friend. Hey, David, thanks for having me. Fantastic. So, um, Kian, Jason Kenney is certainly putting on a clinic these days, I should think. So, as they say in Hollyweird, let's cut to the chase here. Is there any chance anyone can convince Kenny to run for the leader of the federal Conservative Party? Um, you know, that's a good question. I don't know how um, how he will be able to do that. Um, lots of people, and these are rumors that have been coming out of the leadership election committee, lots of them seem to want the current leadership program scrapped. Uh, and if that happens, uh, and that hasn't really been reported yet, uh, so I guess that's news here on Rebel Roundup. But um, if that does happen, that could give Jason Kenney an opportunity to squeeze in later in the year um, because abandoning abandoning a province right now um, in the middle of this crisis, that would be political suicide. And let's talk about your province, Key, and what I found remarkable. And, you know, it's something I've been champing at the bit to ask Premier Doug Ford here in Ontario to see if he could, you know, follow the uh, Jason Ken uh, Kenny model here, is this idea of personally touring the airport and then bringing in provincial uh, people to make sure the health and safety standards are properly adhered to. As you know, I've been going to um, Pearson International Airport since January, uh, virtually on a weekly basis, and I'm not impressed with what I've been seeing, I can tell you that. Um, tell me, uh, Kian, what prompted uh, your premier to take these steps in the first place? <clears throat> Well, he was seeing uh, time and time again the federal government not uh, fulfilling their duties to Canadians, which are, uh, first and foremost, keeping Canadians safe. Um, you've seen the same thing that I've seen at the airport, David, is that they're not actually scanning people uh, just like every other country in the world is doing, like every country learned they had to do during the SARS outbreak of the early 2000s. Um, so. And, and it's not just that. They promised that they'd be handing out face masks to people on connecting flights. That just didn't happen either. Um, we're seeing the federal government not do the very few jobs that we asked them to do. And Jason Kenney is filling in that void. Uh, he's saying, okay, well, we have the resources here in the province of Alberta. Albertans are known um, to uh, be able to manage ourselves. Uh, we've done it for decades and decades. Uh, and, and he's proving it now again that we really don't need the federal government here in this province. You know, and you touch upon something here, uh, Kian. How would you respond to those who say, well, this is this kind of posturing, this is really low-hanging fruit for the premier. Uh, after all, uh, the, the, there are no liberals in power uh, west of uh, of Manitoba. There, th This is very easy to prop up the federal liberal party as incompetent or negligent. Um, do you think he's playing politics here or are these steps coming right from his heart? Uh, that's a good question. It's hard to know exactly what Jason Kenney is thinking inside. Um, but in terms of political posturing, um, this is just further cementing uh, the distrust that Canadian uh, that Albertans have in the Canadian government. Uh, Albertans don't love, don't even like the feds when Stephen Harper was in power, uh, because they know that when 
uh, that the Albertans know that they're always going to be treated unfairly uh, in this confederation, be it in terms of uh, political representation or in terms of uh, the cash that's flowing out of Alberta and going straight to Ottawa and then being shipped off to Montreal. Um, the Albertans have never trusted the feds, and and now that's certainly not changing. It's it's being further cemented, I'd say. And Ken, is there any other um, realm that is typically handled by the federal government, much like airports are, that you'd like to see the premier tackle as well, uh, especially in this day and age of the coronavirus pandemic we're dealing with? Well, food inspection is actually one, something that's typically handled by the CFIA. Uh, and it's something that Jason Kenney has already moved on. Uh, he's been he's been sending provincial uh, health health inspectors, uh, food inspectors to the federal facilities that have been understaffed by Trudeau. Uh, it's just more failures from the Trudeau government. Uh, and that's actually at the direction of Devin Dreeshen, the Minister of Agriculture. He's uh, he's new to to uh, elected office, to be frank. He was just elected um, recently and he's doing a pretty good job uh, standing up for Albertans uh, and keeping the feds on their toes. Um, because they've they've abandoned Albertans in more ways than just one, in more ways than just at the airports that they allowed uh, foreign travelers to flood through in the early days of this pandemic. And even in, in the later days of this pandemic, it took them a long time to move forward. And then further to that, uh, the, this food inspection problem, uh, the supply chain and the, uh, and the maintenance of the supply chain, the food supply chain is the primary concern for everybody, it's uh, everybody needs uh, everybody needs to go to the grocery store. Not everybody's going to be going to the hospital in this crisis. Uh, healthcare is important, certainly, but the most important thing is making sure that Albertans have a solid supply of food. Uh, in fact, all Canadians need to have a sol solid supply of food. And if the federal government is abdicating their duty of making sure that that food is safe, uh, well, it's going to fall on the province, and and the province is learning like many uh, Albertans already knew, that we just can't rely on the feds. You know, Ken, you raise an interesting point. Um, we all know that there is a growing, or there was a growing movement for separation in Alberta from Confederation. Do you think, given what we've had to deal with in terms of the Wuhan virus, that this uh, fervor has just increased, especially since when you see the federal government failing on those fronts that the federal government is supposed to uh, be responsible for, that this just makes the case for those Albertans who say, listen, why do we need Ottawa in the first place? Yeah, that's exactly right, David. Um, this is sort of a, a trial by fire, if you will. Uh, it's not just now that we're having problems with the feds. As I said before, this is a structural problem with Confederation. Albertans have serious problems with Ottawa. Uh, in fact, people from Saskatchewan do as well. Uh, it's not just our health care. It's not just our borders and air, our airports. It extends to how our pension money is um, is being handled and managed and where that money goes. It goes down to who our provincial police force is, whether or not we trust the RCMP to be here, because the RCMP burn Albertans time and time again. We remember back to the uh, flood uh, crisis of 2013 when the RCMP, their first move, rather than to protect Albertans in our time of crisis, was to seize our firearms so that uh, law-abiding citizens in a high river wouldn't be able to prevent uh, 
home invasions or looting during that time of crisis. The RCMP are in the pockets of Justin Trudeau, and that's just another example of something, uh, another bit of Ottawa that we need to sweep out of this province. Right. Well, Ken, thank you so much for weighing in. Another great piece, and stay safe, my friend. Thanks, you too, David. You got it. And that was Kian Bextie in Calgary. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Oakville, Ontario. Well, folks, on Good Friday, Oakville resident Todd Nelson took his three young children inline skating here at the Glen Abbey Community Centre. And uh, they were having a fun time, and why not? The parking lot is completely empty because the community centre is not in operation during this day and age of the coronavirus. However, within about an hour, someone came along who happened to be by law enforcement. And, uh, well, we weren't privy to the conversation, but I don't think it went well. Uh, Mr. Nelson... uh, well, he, the bylaw officer demanded he show his identification. And the next thing you know, he had a ticket for $750 plus surcharges, bringing the grand total to $880, or in other words, precisely $220 per skater. Now, the thing is, he was fined for a lack of social distancing, but folks, does it make any sense to you? After all, the Nelsons are, they all live together. They're four people in total, and the limit for congregations is five. And um, certainly when you're skating around, uh, I can say by experience, you're typically at least two meters apart from the other skater. So why the heavy-handed way the Nelsons were treated? Yes, why indeed? It makes no sense, folks. In fact, health officials say we should be getting outdoors and getting in some exercise during this pandemic. They don't want us to become a nation of couch potatoes. That's not healthy after all, is it? As well, given that the Nelsons all live under one roof, who were they harming in an empty parking lot? What a story, equal parts crazy and maddening. And folks, you certainly made your opinions known regarding this egregious state of affairs thanks to a bylaw officer who was surely acting in an overzealous fashion. Dave Dyler writes, Let me guess, in Canada, like here in the USA, constitutional rights are being trampled in the name of fighting this virus. Well, Dave, I think that is what kind of is occurring right now. That bylaw officer was using the pandemic as an excuse to zap a law-abiding citizen with a ticket for almost a thousand bucks. And what's more, he seemed to be trying to fix a problem that simply didn't exist in the first place. Chris Walton writes, when this is over, I would take the ticket and fight it in court under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. This went too far. Oh, me too, Chris. In fact, forget about making a charter argument. I read the nitty-gritty of the bylaw that was being enforced here, and there was absolutely nothing about empty parking lots being under the ban. Yes, playgrounds, basketball courts, tennis courts, baseball diamonds, those are all roped off and off-limits. But empty acres of asphalt? (laughs) Nope. Still learning rights. 
Should have just gone to a cottage in Quebec. That's okay. Oh, golly, still learning. Who, pray tell, would be that irresponsible? Water Bottle writes, 50 people standing in line outside of a supermarket is okay, but four people skating in a park, not okay. Something is wrong with this. Indeed, Water Bottle, and don't forget those 50 people standing outside the supermarket, they're not related, as opposed to the Nelsons, who are indeed related. <laughs> it makes no sense. And finally, OGR writes, wait until May, especially the May 24th weekend, things are really going to get exciting. You know, OGR, you've touched upon the bigger picture here that will indeed play out in the weeks ahead. First, when the warmer weather finally arrives, folks suffering from cabin fever after being cooped up for so long will definitely be coming outdoors in force. And if people are penalized and heavily fined for trivial stuff, there will surely be a backlash against law enforcement. Cops and bylaw officers must use their discretion as this pandemic continues. Otherwise, I really fear what might happen. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night. <laughs>